Well, good morning again. My name is Carrie Gleason. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are in the second week of a new sermon series called Half-Truths We Half-Believe. And throughout this series, you'll hear phrases and pieces of advice, responses to people, cliches even, that have become very standard and normal human responses to all sorts of situations and circumstances. Throughout this series, we're going to acknowledge the common use of these phrases, but also ask if there's more, if there's more than these phrases for those of us who are Christ followers. Many of the phrases that we're going to look at are attributed to Scripture, but is that really where they come from? Are these phrases in line with what God desires for us? Is there something that we miss out on when we settle for living according to these phrases. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper and see what God has for us in the midst of it and see how God might want to take us to shift our lives in a different direction to follow him more deeply and closer. This week, we're going to look at the phrase, just to follow your heart. How many times have I said this to a friend when talking about a dating relationship or to a high school senior when they're trying to decide what school they're going to go to or to a family member when they're trying to figure out if they should take a new job? It easily rolls out of my mouth. And I don't think that I'm the only one. Everyone from your best friend to singer-songwriters, remember the 80s song, Listen to Your Heart, to even Michael and Dwight from The Office, talk about following your heart. And how, as Dwight says to Michael, I don't think your heart makes great decisions all the time, Michael. Most places, but especially in our Western cultural context, the heart is the epicenter of our emotions. It's our desire producer. It's the basic center of our human experience. The heart represents the locus of feelings, emotions, and desires. So the unintended belief when we live out, that we live out when we're told to just follow our hearts, is the understanding that my emotions lead me to make the right decision all the time. The assumption behind this is that our hearts can be trusted and relied upon in any and all circumstances to bring about a fulfilling life. But the problem that I experience is that my emotions, desires, and feelings tend to shift and change. And they do that pretty often. They can change based on a conversation that I have with someone or how much sleep I got or if I was cut off in traffic on the way to work. Letting my emotions be my sole guide for making decisions or processing through a situation actually leads to a lot of instability. Now, don't hear me say that emotions are bad. We are gifted with a full spectrum of emotions and feelings. They create a distinct human experience. But I also think that our emotions can be tricky and finicky. 
And so they're probably not suited to be the guidepost for all our decision-making. So what if we made a shift? What if we rejected the societal norm and notion that our hearts, our emotions, our feelings, our desires were a good basis for making decisions and turned to something else? God provides us with a way, a way to make decisions, to work through situations that isn't just based on our finicky hearts. He provided a whole book of daily wisdom for us. The book of Proverbs is practical help from God for everyday life. God cares that we understand and try to comprehend the big, massive truths of the world. But he also cares about the nuances that make a difference in our relationships and in our everyday experiences. Because the truth is, he wants to meet our deepest desires. He wants to fulfill us in ways that only he can. He wants our hearts to rely on him, not our emotions. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Jesus meets our truest and deepest desires, and that leads to a fulfilling life. Jesus isn't as concerned with us picking the right school or figuring out the exact retirement date or even who we marry as we think he is. Jesus is always more concerned with who we are becoming than where we're going or what we're doing. His invitation is to focus our hearts on him and rely on him with all that we are. And that ultimately leads to true fulfillment. Today, we're going to look at a pretty well-known passage in the book of Proverbs. And so I want to encourage those of you who have read and read and read Proverbs 3 over and over again in life to try and look at this with fresh eyes, to ask yourself, what might God have for you this morning through this passage? Because in a world clamoring for our attention, God invites us to put him, his values, his way of life above our own. So if you want to turn in the Pew Bibles, in your own Bibles, or look up on the screen, Proverbs 3, starting in verse 5, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. These verses invite us to trust God with our desires and for the direction of our lives, believing that he is what leads to a fulfilled life. The Hebrew word for trust here refers to total trust. Picture falling down on your face in front of God in full reliance. And the Hebrew word for heart is lave, which means mind, will, 
heart, and understanding. It does not just refer to our emotions or our desires. It is greater than that. It has more meaning than that. So in essence, this verse is saying rely totally and completely on God. Don't rely on what you're thinking, feeling, or understanding because it's only God who can bring about a fulfilled life. God needs to be at the epicenter of your life, not your emotions, feelings, or desires. God is stable. God is trustworthy. He will make you and your paths straight and will lead you straight to him. God invites us to submit all of our ways to him, big or small, significant or insignificant. It's about our hearts and who we rely on with them. I've experienced this challenge of shifting from leaning on my own understanding and my own emotions to God many times in life. But one of the times that still impacts my life today was when I started college. I walked onto campus as a broadcast journalism major. My dream was to be Katie Couric on the morning national news. I chose my university based on their journalism program. I applied to the big production studio on campus my freshman year. I thought I was set. I was following my heart. And then, at the start of my sophomore year, I felt this wrestling within my spirit. The Holy Spirit was doing something. God gives us the Holy Spirit to talk to us, to help us understand him and his word and what he's saying and how he's leading us. So I decided to pay attention. I remember this one week where I think every intentional conversation I had, every sermon I heard either at church or on my campus, at my campus ministry group, centered around trusting God with your future and relying on him to lead you. So for maybe the first time in my life, I asked God, is journalism what you have for me? Is that what you have planned for my future? And I didn't get some magical or mystical answer, but through the surrendering of my heart, my desires, of what I thought was best for my life, for what I wanted, I really felt him calling me to something different. And I was able to take a step of faith and invited God to lead me. And through that, I changed my major to psychology. And as you can see, I am not a journalist. Now, I don't think that my desire to be in journalism was bad. I don't think that this verse, these verses are telling you that you need to go change your whole life, that you need to change your job, that you need to change your major. But I do think that this verse invites you to shift how you view the desires and emotions you have and how they influence your decision-making. The big ones and the everyday ones. Author and pastor Mark Sayers says, our culture is becoming a feely world in which something is only true and real if I can palpably feel it. If I'm not feeling good all the time, 
something must be wrong. I judge my career, my marriage, my dating relationships, my athletic or academic success, my faith on whether it makes me feel good. Truth is reduced into that which makes me feel good. Thus, we prefer a form of faith that does not ask us to encounter our pain, to deny ourselves, or to grow in areas which may be uncomfortable. The truth of our world today is that emotions win. Everything is judged by how it makes us feel. And that always comes back to our hearts. And because of that, we believe that our emotions lead us to make the right decisions for our lives. But I want something far more stable and secure for my own heart to rely on than my emotions when making decisions and trying to face the reality of life. God invites us to live in close proximity with him, to learn to listen for and to his voice, to trust him and rely upon him in all circumstances. He says that relying on him instead of ourselves will bring health to our bodies and nourishment to our bones. He promises to be with us, to make our lives deep and meaningful. Author Shane Pruitt says that our hearts were never designed to be gods in whom we believe. They were designed to believe in God. What decision are you holding this morning? What situation are you processing through? And what emotions is that bringing to the surface? Or desires? And have you taken those to Jesus? Have you invited God in to lead you, to be a part of it? Are you seeking him? Or are you relying upon your own emotions or desires to guide you? God promises to be the good shepherd of our lives. He doesn't say no for no reason. He says no or leads us in a different way for a greater purpose. Our feelings don't have to be our guides. Jesus will be. He gives us the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us, to speak his word to us, to help us decipher what we should do or where we should go. Friends, we can trust in the Lord with all our hearts. We don't have to rely on our own understanding. Jesus will meet our needs and desires. Only he can lead us to a truly fulfilled life. Let's pray. God, thanks for being a God who meets us. Thanks for being a God who is faithful no matter what. You are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We are the ones who change. God, I'm grateful that part of our human experience is emotions and feelings. And, Lord, I pray that you would meet me in those places, that you would meet all of us in those places. Lord God, that you would truly be our guide, that we would rely fully and solely on you as individuals and as a collective body. 
God, thanks for being a God who meets us exactly where we're at. Help us this morning to take whatever step of faith we need to, to grow closer to you. In your name we pray, amen.